This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the AEC Engineering Technology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping engineering professionals find technology that fits their needs. In this episode, I'll be talking with Aaron, the co-founder at Shingle, about how to build a personal brand in the AEC industry. Before we jump in, a word from our sponsor for this episode, Shingle. Get back in the office now. And sorry, we're not going to have a fully remote policy. You've got to come in. Wait just a second. If you've ever thought, I kind of like working full-time remote. I know what I'm doing. I work independently. All my work is on my computer. Why do I need to drive to the office every day? If only there was some sort of alternative. Surprise, you're going to want to know about a new technology company called Shingle. Are you an engineer that has an interest in entrepreneurship? Have you ever thought about stepping out on your own as an engineer or making some additional income with your engineering skills? Are you tired of moving and uprooting your life for a new job or battling an unnecessary commute? Would you like to be an engineer on your own terms? Shingle is an online marketplace where PEs can find and remotely engage with AE firms in the Shingle network that need their services as a consultant. The platform is specifically built for PEs and CAD professionals in architecture and engineering that want to move in the direction of entrepreneurship, work as much as they want, and have the freedom to work where they choose. Shingle wants the consultants to succeed and provides resources to get their companies up and running quickly. Get started on your road to entrepreneurship and engineering by going to shingleit.com. Again, that's shingleit.com and join the community today. Shingle, we work differently. Aaron, great to have you here with us today. How's it going? Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It's going well. It's great to talk with you and being on the podcast. So thanks. So Aaron, just as a kind of an introduction to the audience here, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do on a daily basis? My name is Aaron Clemish. I'm one of the uh, co-founders of Shingle. It's a technology startup that is catering to freelance engineers. I'm a structural engineer by education and training and worked doing that for almost 20 years. In 2018, I started developing Shingle with one of my business partners. It has turned into what it is right now over the last three, four years. On a daily basis, I wish I could tell you that it was just this really structured, beautiful, uh, certain workflow that I went through every day. But it's running a startup is completely chaotic. It's stuff coming at you from all different directions. And so in terms of just general statements, you know, always working on strategy, working with our developer, we're doing that asynchronous. And so we're, you know, always on, we're using ClickUp to do some of the communication and file sharing as our hub. And then uh, obviously marketing, sales, 
all the fun stuff that comes with running a startup. So that's a typical day and it can be any one of those things or all of them. We've had a couple of startups on, right? And it's always interesting to hear just because of how, not that it's a total lack of structure, right? but it's just different than what you're going to be used to seeing, as you know, right? Like in an AEC firm, or even if you're working freelance, right? Because when you're working freelance as an engineer, you've got at least some specificity of task. And speaking of which, right? So freelance engineering, shingle, that's the whole idea behind it. But can you tell us a little more about what, shingle does specifically the significance of its name and who can benefit from the service so a longer question but i'll let you take it from there so we'll start with the name because the name is fairly significant um it really gives an idea as soon as you know what it really means for the older folks um that should be even older than me there is a saying to go hang your shingle and really what that is is it comes from sometime in the 1800s. I don't know the exact time period, but when people would go out on their own and literally take a shingle off their roof of their house, hang it on their door and say, I'm open for business. I'm tired of working for you know an employer. I want to start my own. This typically was you know professional-based businesses. And, and they take the shingle off, paint something on there and say, open. And so that's the significance of the business or the significance of what we're building is to give freelance engineers, and it's really only specific to engineers, AEC, the ability to hang their shingle and to create some processes for them, to create a hub, an environment, a community, and tools that will help them do that very efficiently rather than having this dream of starting my firm one day and how am I going to do that? It's more of a environment where they can do that very quickly, hang their shingle, and start making contacts with clients much quicker. And so all engineers can benefit from it. You know, we've developed the platforms that there are tools for people that aren't ready to hang their shingle yet, but to get into the community. And so there's a free tier, there's there's a middle and and an upper tier typical SaaS platform setup. So what it sounds like to me, right, it's like you're basically giving engineers this lower risk environment for them to test the waters of entrepreneurship. Was that, would you say that's an apt kind of description? That's a very good description. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Because you're a structural engineer, right? Is there any like limit, if, say like I'm an electrical engineer, right? Can I hop on the platform and start freelancing? No, there's not. So we have all engineers that are able, we're not catering to software engineers, you know, all that stuff, but the physical science engineers, yeah, civil, structural, mechanical, electrical, geotech, environmental, I mean, you name it. That's the idea that any single one of those disciplines can get on there and create a profile and start doing their thing. Beautiful. So to the audience, right, if this is something that you're interested in, I mean, obviously keep listening, right? But check out Shingle's website and and just see what's available. Shingle being relatively new within the past five years, right? It sounded like you guys were kind of in a beta phase. What have you guys learned from that beta phase? And like, what did it mean to kind of be in that period? We learned so much. We learned a lot more than we thought we were going to learn. And Shingle was... We had the concept, we had the workflows, we had the wireframes, we had all this stuff. Started in late 2018. Of course, we had COVID and the whole world was turned upside down. So we were out for a little while. But we eventually took 2021 to basically build the platform or at least the 
minimum viable product. We released Shingle in April 2022. And the original idea was to match engineering firms with independent freelancers to help with peak workloads in the firms. So the idea was that firms join the platform to issue like one-off tasks to engineers and sort of this quasi-online marketplace to solicit bids from engineers on the platform. But what we realized is that through this beta process, which we basically are ending very soon, we pretty much have all the conclusions we were looking for already. And so we've been building and pushing out features in our our test versions and, and doing some testing for the, let's say, the full version soon. But we realized that the firms seem to view the tool or shingle as an emergency use tool instead of a different way of approaching work. And so there was a really, really tight market and talent at the time. There always is, but during last year, the, you know, the, the employees definitely had control. And that has definitely shifted <laughs> recently. The feedback from the firms, what they wanted is they wanted this fully developed, you know, 20,000 engineers on the platform and, uh, you know, pick and choose and do all this stuff. And we weren't able to provide that. We're just that we're new. We couldn't get that many users um, just immediately and snap our fingers. So what we were proposing was a new way of work in AEC. And everybody seems excited, but we realized that the firm's their biggest feedback was that they still want to build a relationship with an engineer before assigning even the most meaningless task, which we were surprised by because, you know, all the engineers that, that are verified on Shingle have to be PEs. They need their licensure, all this stuff. Our hypothesis was that they're already vetted. They took their PE, they passed it. They can, you know, check a shop drawing. Why would you need to talk with them? I mean, that was like, of course, no big deal. It is a big deal. I didn't think it would be. None of us on our team thought it would be. Even if you would talk to an engineer, they'd say like, yeah, who cares, right? It ends up being a big deal. And it really, really humbled us in in terms of like, hey, this hypothesis, although it may be true or maybe we might be moving towards this, there's steps to get to this final sort of, hey, marketplace where, you know, it's very flexible and firms and engineers can work together seamlessly. They still need to build a relationship. And our industry is so relationship-based that we basically learned through this beta period that we have to build that in. We have to build in this interface where they build a relationship first and then move on to the tasks. So that's what we've done. And that's what we've learned is that Let's build these tools to build relationships between firms or renewable companies or anybody who needs developers, anybody who needs engineers. And that's what's going to get the engineers the work that they are looking for and eventually move us in the direction of our, our real vision, which I think is you know automated workflows and all this crazy stuff, right? That's really what we've learned. And it's been a, a fun and challenging and at times just completely, I want to say heartbreaking, but frustrating process. <laughs> but that's so easy. Everyone would be a billionaire. And it is really interesting, right? Because like you mentioned, all of AEC is relationship-based. And a lot of the times, especially in the, like, let's just start at the design, right? The AE where an architect is looking for, let's say, a consulting engineer to help them, right, with the structural design of a building. 
there's only so many engineers like in a given market, right? And then you start to develop relationships with those engineers over time, right? Giving them success of like bigger and bigger tasks. But what you guys are proposing, right, is blowing that out of the water a little bit because it's not just that limited pool of engineers in any given like city or state or part of the US in this case. You have pretty much your pick of any licensed professional in the United States. Right. And that's great. They should take advantage of that, but it's going to take some time and it's going to take adoption of any technology. It's going to get take some time for them to trust that system, to try it, to adopt it. Again, it's a process to unveil that sort of idea and technology and to get compliance and adoption that benefits everybody. So that's where we're at. And it's a great lesson learned to the audience, right? Because with any new technology process or system, there's always going to be some amount of friction, right? Whether it's just development took longer than you thought, or hey, maybe the people in your firm weren't as receptive to it as you might have originally thought. It's going to happen. It's human nature with every anything new that's presented. But Aaron, let's talk a little bit more about this niche, right? Because you're going from engineering just as, as a whole the E in AEC, right? Engineers who focus specifically on architecture, engineering, construction, down to those who want to build kind of their personal brand online. How did you find this niche? And when you guys were kind of in the discovery phase of what is now Shingle, what was your hunch that it would work out? We found the the niche really two ways. One was that we are actually engineers. And we we're constantly looking for this tool and it didn't exist to you know what we really really wanted me and our business partners they're all structural engineers actually and so the niche you know we found it because of google basically we did a lot of research to find this tool that we think that the industry needed and we couldn't find it and so we have the advantage of being in the industry and witnessing and experiencing, you know, its challenges because we've worked in it. And so, yeah, we have a healthy amount of confidence in what we're doing for the simple reason that we feel we're building a tool that we can't find. I'm actually a user. Our other developer is actually a user. Our CFO is a user because they've all worked in engineering for at least 10 years prior to being in uh, shingles. So it's when we put together features and we put, you know, we talk about niche, it's like, because we're the users, we don't have to go out so much, at least on the engineering side and ask, hey, do you think this would be cool? Or do you think you would use this? Because we have that. We're the user. Like so much innovation is just born out of frustration. I don't know who to attribute that quote to, but throughout my career, it's it's definitely been true, right? You just bang your head against the wall on some problem and then... One day you said, hey, I've had enough of it and I'm going to solve it. And in your guys' case, right, you guys were the practicing engineers who saw this gap in the marketplace and said, let's go figure it out. Yeah. And it was originally like, I had seen it for a while. It was like this back and forth battle with myself because it's like, is it really going to have to be me that has to try to build this thing? Because, you know, that classic engineering thing where it's like, gosh, you know, I don't know if I could pull this off. and But it got... You know, like you said, the frustration built up so much where it's like, okay, this, I'm going to have to build this thing. I'm going to have to do this. Is this what the world's come to that I have to do this? 
you know, once you get going, obviously it becomes fun and a project and, and, you know, you have a lot of skills that even from engineering that allow you to do something like this, but yeah, that's really how it, it came about was, it was a lot of frustration with legacy organizations and legacy firms that are just like, this is how we do it. And this is all the new ideas just get shut down or they're, they're like, yeah, we want your ideas. And then no one actually, it never goes further than that. We felt like, well, we're going to have to bypass all that. We're done. We just got to do it. That's what we've done. As you and I were talking about, right? Like the potential to, let's just call it leaving tradition in the dust. Not that there's anything wrong with the way things are done today necessarily, but there's always a better way to do things. One of which is this AI writing assistant. This is really interesting to me, right? Because as an engineer, there's a lot more writing that's done than you would think at first glance. So can you talk a little bit more about this and, and kind of what you guys have got going on? I realized how much engineers wrote, but I didn't have any real like research numbers until we started to put together some of the marketing materials. And I'm like, oh, I should probably have some real numbers to put in front of people because they're engineers and they're going to want numbers. And what's interesting is that the research that we uh, conducted showed that Junior engineers, you know, beginning engineers write close to 30% of their working day. That's a lot. And that continuously goes up. Middle management's close to 50 or 60% of their day. Senior management is 80 plus percent of their day is spent writing. And so everyone's, you know, idea of an engineer is they're crunching numbers all the time and doing all this stuff. But the reality is, honestly, most of their day is spent writing as they go through their career. So you know, we're building Shingle. We had to develop a lot of marketing material. So we started using something called Conversion AI at the time. It's since changed its name, I think, three times. Basically, is is really moved on and raised a lot of money. And, and we were using that to develop marketing content. And I was totally blown away with this. Yeah, this might have been 2020. I can't remember exactly. But I was like, wow, that works really well. And that was, you know, a couple of years ago or almost three years ago. The other thing that we realized while we were building Shingles is that the original idea was to get all the engineers on the platform to, you know, to put their work experiences in their profile. So tell us what you've done. Tell us some of the projects you've worked on. You know, put that in your profile because that's going to go in the search. And, you know, so when people search for engineers, they can find that you did post-tension concrete and you know, high seismic, blah, blah, blah. And what we found is that the engineers we're struggling filling out this part of their profile. So we're getting like 50% profile sort of completion. And people were not writing, filling it out because it's we're engineers. And I mean, generally speaking, we don't really like to write that much. And so we built this into the platform or in the new version of the platform so that the engineers are able to write their experience very quickly. And so we get a higher profile um, completion rate. That's really why we started doing it. And then as we kept going, we're like, gosh, we need like, you know what we could do? We can do like professional letters and like project status reports, inspection reports, site visits, you know, have the prompting set up in this tool so that engineers don't get lost. Because when you use these tools, it's very easy to get lost and play around for hours and, you know, just have a bunch of text. So getting the prompting right, getting it so that it creates these canned sort of modules, that's what we've done with the tool that we've created. So that's just a separate piece of Shingle, but 
what Shingle is actually turning into is a sort of interface of these types of tools that really help with higher efficiency output, automations for freelancers, and non-freelancing engineers. So we've got so much stuff on the horizon with AI. Um, you know, we're following chat. GPT is just creating such a storm right now. You know, that's GPT-3, GPT-4 is coming. We know what's coming. I'm not a cynic or a skeptic. I think these things come very quickly and they are they really are transformative. And this is definitely going to transform our industry. There's not a doubt in my mind. There are people that say like, it'll never do this, it'll never do that. And I sit back in my chair and I smile because yeah, it will. Maybe not today. And maybe there's a subset of very niche tasks that it might never do as well as a human. But, you know, someone who does a lot of technical writing, right? Like the premise of this is is just amazing. And what's more encouraging is the fact that by law, and we talk about this a lot in the podcast, right? Like the engineer has to have the final say in whatever they're putting their name on and perhaps their stamp, right? So let's just say, right, chat GPT or some other tool could write an entire report for you. But the beauty of that is you get the final say. You can delete, you can add. It's here to help you and not replace you or, or harm you. And that's going to take some time to get used to. Yes. I mean, if you've messed with chat GPT and you've messed with some of these tools, you can see like, wow, that is incredible. But we do too. We've been doing it for a while. And what we realize is like, well, we still need to go through it and edit it. And we still need to, because we're putting our sort of name on it and we are liable for it, especially in engineering with licensure and and all that stuff. I mean, you're liable for all that stuff. So it's like, it's got to be right. You can't just push out a bunch of trash. And I'm not saying it's trash. I'm just saying it's like it needs to be censored by someone with that education and training. And so the question I ask a lot is, well, what's the difference if chat GPT writes you a first draft of a technical report or if your junior engineer does it? Chat GPT does a pretty darn good job. And my personal opinion, there is no difference other than it's just probably 100 times faster. You know, I see news articles every day that say, oh, the chat GPT just passed the New York bar exam. You know, all that stuff where it's like, you know, they released it, what, November? We were messing with it right away and and we were blown away. And we've been in it for a while. You know, we've been using some of these tools for quite a while. And OpenAI, that's a major leap. That's why you see Microsoft, you know, we're going to invest, you know, billions of dollars in this. They don't throw billions of dollars into a company just haphazardly. They have a vision and they're going to do a lot with it. But it's an incredible technology. I don't think people need to be... I'm an optimist, so it's like I don't believe like, oh, this post or this apocalypse and everyone's, you know, it's just crumbling to the ground. I feel like it's going to really do some amazing things. That's the optimist view of it, for sure. And speaking of tools, right, because in this instance, right, AI is just a tool to do what we do better. What are the other tools you kind of alluded to on the platform? And then how are those benefiting your users? We like to divide them up into like, you know, we've got the the free tools, we've got paid tools for like freelancers. So in terms of freelancers, you know, invoice and payment tracking, predefined consulting contracts with digital signing, that type of thing that allows them to streamline those portions of their business. Um, One tool that we're pretty darn excited about, honestly, and that'll be coming out in the the new version is, it's just a PDH tracker, man. 
but everybody's using an Excel file, but it doesn't seem like there's just like, I want to say web 3.0, but just like a new web-based just PDH tracker that just does it and it works and you can just get reminders when your licenses are due and how many PDHs you have, you know, six months away. So we built a PDH tracker that'll be free. And a lot of these things are getting built just simply because I just get irritated or got irritated in engineering. And I didn't want to mess with meaningless admin tasks. And so that's one of them. Obviously, we talked about, we call out the word you later marketing, right? But that's the AI tool that will be token-based for users as well. So, you know, we've got uh, pre-built contact forms and stuff for the freelancers, um, an appointment booking tool, you know, that's sort of a Calendly type tool for the consultants. So that's touching on some of them, but... You're becoming a one-stop shop, right? Because instead of a freelancer needing to get a Calendly booking or maybe use NCES to track PDHs, which is a, that's a different discussion for another day, right? So you're becoming this, this single source. So all you're doing, right, is you're just freeing up engineering time to do what engineers were trained to do instead of a lot of the monotony that just comes with, right, running a freelance operation. And, and that's what, frankly, the show is about, right? How do we just introduce new tools and techniques and strategies to just make engineers and the community at large more efficient and do what they love to do. Right, exactly. That's a great way of, of, of summarizing all of it because you know, when I wanted to become an engineer as a youngster, I wanted to be an engineer. And as I got into my career, I was like, I don't really get to do that much engineering. It was kind of an eye-opener because it was like, hey, I had this vision of what engineering was, and it really wasn't. And it could be on certain levels like, more engineering focus. And especially with we connect and, and and talk with a lot of renewable energy companies and like this big shift in in engineers are really needed. They're, it's an incredible occupation. And if they can be spending their time engineering, we've got a lot of problems to solve. There's definitely some problems. And if we can free up that time and create this flexible environment where we can, hey, we're going to change the energy system. We're going to develop microgrids and maybe solar and all this stuff, you know, whatever. doesn't matter. Engineers need to be doing that and not be tracking PDHs in a, for six licenses in an Excel sheet. So several things that we can do. And that's kind of our, our mental model as well with the platform is like, what are these little things that we can automate? or make easier as well. Even if you're not a consultant or a freelancer, what can we do to make it a little bit better? Because as we talked about before we started recording, it's like, hey, getting these ideas to be adopted in a firm is unfortunately intends to be pretty hard. Tends to be a lot of friction and resistance and initial excitement and then no traction. Again, we're trying to bypass all of that. And we appreciate all of our users. Shingles is really becoming something as well where we're, with our feedback mechanism is just, we appreciate all the, the feedback that we get because we can build it. And if we can't, there's a reason why, or it might not be economical at the time, but that's our idea behind the platform as well, is to kind of be user built as well. Let's talk about the firms, right? Because you alluded to them, right? So there, I think there's a couple of components to this question. One being, well, what can the firms get out of the platform, right? Hiring engineers, but then now you've also got me thinking, right? What can individuals in firms who maybe aren't ready to take that next step, right? Hang their shingle. What can they get out of the platform as well? 
what we've done, I mean, I don't know how much it benefits the firms necessarily. It does benefit the firms in, in the aspect of what we're trying to do is create this space where engineers can sort of store their career. I've had worked for several firms. I'd say it's rare that someone stays and works for a firm their whole life. It's not that it doesn't happen. It's just that typically you're seeing, you know, these tenure rates are are three years, five years, two years. It's going down. We have all those numbers as well. So people are moving to different places. And one thing that I found challenging as I moved was like, I wish I was more organized, but you know, it's like I put your two weeks in, I'm out of here, man. And then you're gone. And you kind of have, you know, some information, but you don't have like your project experience or your, your work experience really documented that well. So the idea with Shingle as well is like, even if you're not a consultant and you work for a firm is to create an internal tool for firms. And we have this, of course, but it's like the firm can create this internal network and where they can organize all their employees' skill sets, their project experience, and they can push it into like a proposal process where they can grab that stuff easy. Of course, most firms have something, but it tends to be very legacy where it's even the big firms I've seen, it's like, ah, that's how you're doing that. So creating this sort of network, internal network where engineers can tag themselves with skills, they can create their work experiences with AI and really develop a, a bigger proposal experience, let's data set for the firms, for the firms to be able to see those skills gaps as well. You know, we haven't talked about it a lot, but we do have this sort of skills matching algorithm or whatever, where, you know, when you create a profile, you can tag yourself with over 700 engineering skills. So not like, hey, I do CAD work and I do structural analysis. It's more hey, I do HVA systems. Post-tension concrete design, right? Yeah, seismic F design, you know, like all that stuff where it's like, if you're looking for skills gaps, right, and you're an actual engineer, it's like, I don't need the general stuff. I need the real stuff. I need someone who can do pre-stressed concrete girders. And they have rated themselves as someone who is highly experienced. And so that's built into Shingle as well. It's like you can rate yourself in 700 skills. There's a lot on there. The list keeps growing. But the idea is that firms can use that as a tool as well. And just to kind of summarize, right, like you guys have now built a tool that has benefits for essentially like the users of the platform, right? Engineers in all forms to be able to, as you said, hang their shingle and get a taste of entrepreneurship without going out completely on their own. You've got benefits to firms where, as you just said, right, whether it be skill gap, internal tracking, right, they're now able to use this tool as even more than just, hey, we're looking for an engineer to do consulting work for our firm, right? So kind of understanding everything that we've talked about today, is there any final piece of advice you'd give the audience related to your experience building Shingle thus far? I guess the advice I would give, let's say, engineers is start now. Not just because we built Shingle and we want you as a, as a user and to sign up. Start building your personal brand now because you know that's the whole point of Shingle. But the world in general is moving in this direction of flexibility, personal brand, consultant sort of piecemealing projects, project centric. We use that word a lot. But the numbers we see with freelancing growth over the next several years are considerable. 
you know, four to six percent per year, I think is the last thing. And of course that varies from your source, but it's not zero. And over the course of, you know, five, 10 years, it could be quite large. You need to start thinking in those terms to build your personal brand, to build your sort of for the ability to hang your shingle, basically. Um, you don't know if you're gonna need to use it, and that's okay, but start. And you need something that showcases your unique skill set. Everybody's got sort of their unique skill set to market that effectively. I mean, even if you think you're never going to work on your own. So my advice is to hedge your bets for the future. There's a lot of changes coming. Like we said, we touched on AI. We touched on all these things. They're going to take all our jobs. They're not going to take all the jobs, but you need to basically be in this position where you start to embrace technology, know there's going to be a lot of change and be sort of out there on your own to take advantage of it, to use those tools when you feel like it, and keep up with, or at least make the attempt to keep up with technology. Our industry tends to be late adopters, and we'd like to change that to where it's like, well, I'm going to try to keep up with adopting technology. Maybe that's the mindset. Not to try to stay in front of it, but basically try to keep up. That's the advice. Keep up with it. And as I've seen, Aaron, right, it's it's a win-win because like we talked about before, all the AEC is built on relationships. So if you as an individual contributor to, even if it's to a firm for the rest of your career, right, building a personal brand, right, being on social media, all of these things is just a way to expedite the rate at which you can build relationships with people. It's a win for you and it's a win for the firm. And ultimately it's a win for the profession because of, of the way everything has moved recently. Exactly. Very well put. It is always going to be relationship-based. I believe that. And so this is how you do it. I mean, I'm amazed by when I reach out to people on LinkedIn, it's like, how many meetings you just have? You want to connect with somebody and it's just like, let's sit down next week and let's have a little intro meeting. It's always going to be relationship-based in business to business, B2B. So that's something to get used to too as an engineer is like, you can try to hide in the corner. <laughs> and just do little calcs, right? That I guess the big revelation is, and maybe to get over it as quick as you can, is that you kind of need to put yourself out there and build some relationships. And that's what's going to get you further in this industry than you think. Where can the audience find you if they would like to further build their relationship with you? Is it on social, your website? What's the best way to reach out to you? The best place is on LinkedIn, probably. But we do have our website, shingleit.com. Shingle.com was taken. So add a few letters on the end. But we also have shingle.app, which is where the actual application and platform is built. But yeah, LinkedIn is, is the best place if you're just trying to connect. Love to hear from you or any of the users or any of the listeners. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. And, and at the end of every episode, we make the same offer to the audience, right? Aaron's here to help help the community as are we at EMI. So please, please, please just reach out if you want to talk about something or have something you'd like to bring to the forefront. But Aaron, pleasure having you on and thank you again so much. Thank you so much. Likewise. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at aectechpodcast.com. There, you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. Until next time, I wish you all the best in all of your engineering and technology endeavors.